Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike, navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to today's episode of Narrow Way to Broadway. If you are here, we believe that you are meant to be here um, and that God's got something for you today through this conversation, not through us, but specifically from him. And we are so glad that you're joining us. If you don't follow us already on Instagram, go follow us over there at NWayBWay to keep up with everything that we have going on. Uh, Leave us a review. Follow us on Spotify. That is the best way for the algorithm to be able to push our content to more people that would potentially like to hear or engage with what we have going on at Nairway to Broadway. So that being said, today is a very interesting day. Because what we're getting ready to do, we've never done on their way to Broadway. Everything we've done so far has been with people that are involved in some way in the arts or music or producing, things of that sort. The people that we have today on the podcast are not involved in that world. And this is also the first of a new style episode that we're going to be doing called Talkbacks. So if you're familiar with what a talkback is... When it comes to like doing a show or maybe you go to see a show and you stay for a talkback, the talkback is the portion where you get to talk to the actors about the show that you've just watched or like what it's like to be an actor, what that lifestyle in general is about um, and ask questions about the characters that they played, maybe about the show or the content rehearsal process. You get the point. That's what we're going to do here, but we're specifically going to be leaning into one show that we have watched and that we have kind of studied a little bit together and we're going to talk about you know what do people from the outside of the theater industry think or see when they you know come in contact with performing arts musical theater plays who knows what we've got planned for the rest of the season but uh, what happens when they come in contact what are their thoughts about it because we can get in our own little bubble as actors and performing artists and think like oh gosh like we love this and it's so great and this is like the best thing that's ever been created and people on the outside are like, what the heck is going on? This is garbage. Um, So it's important that we engage with people outside of the theater community. And so that's what we are doing today. And I am very excited to be kicking off our first talk back uh, with one of probably the greatest shows of all time, Into the Woods, written by Stephen Sondheim. If you know it, you probably love it. Or you at least have like sung a song from it in a theater class or some kind of like, uh, I don't know, elementary school talent show or something. I feel like every single boy growing up has sung Giants in the Sky and every little girl has sung um, Little Red's um, song. Gosh, I can't even remember what it's called. Josh, can you help me? And I know things now. That one, you know, the little squirrelty, little squirrelty, little, little... Oh, it's literally called I Know Things Now. Yep, I Know Things Now. There we go. That's it. (laughs) But that being said, I want to welcome our two guests that we have to the podcast today, which they're also sitting in the same room with me, which is another strange thing for the podcast because we usually record all this over um, like audio recordings and um, from like far distances, but they're in the room and 
we live together, so these are my roommates. Um, we have Connor Eddy and we have Joshua Smith, or Josh Smith, here with us today. I still think he's in the Witness Protection Program. Um, but, Connor, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you're about, where you're from, yeah, what you do. I'm uh, currently in Clemson with Philip, and I'm a graduate student in engineering. Uh, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and I went to undergraduate school at the University of Arkansas. And fun fact, I was actually taught growing up to kind of hate musicals because my dad told me they were girly. And so I'd never watched musicals or anything like that until probably high school. And I had no inclination to theater or to acting or to any of that whatsoever. And so I'm very far removed from this topic. It's very green. Very green, <laughs> as we say. Um, yeah, well... And now we're live together, and <laughs> he gets it all all the time. I love it all the time. Josh, what about you? Um, yeah, so I'm Josh Smith. That is my real name. Um, even though Philip seems to think I'm in the witness protection program, um, I I actually did musical theater some when I was in high school. And I did one show my the summer between my freshman year of college and sophomore year. Um, but I've been in school for eight, going on nine years now, uh, so I've, I guess I'm about eight years removed from the musical theater world. I'm also in engineering, specifically uh, working on a graduate degree in power and energy systems. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, before we like go farther, I am just really grateful that I have roommates <laughs> that are, would be willing to do this um, and willing to watch Into the Woods and willing to have a conversation about um the show and just support me and what we do here at narrow way to broadway very well so thank you for that um as we get into conversation before we talk about into the woods i want to kick us off with a game where i'm going to ask both of you is this actually a musical like is there a musical about the thing that i'm going to mention <laughs> or is this fake that i'm telling you we ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Let me pull up my notes and we will get started. First off, musical based on the hit Stephen King novel and film, Carrie. I'm going to say yeah. That's a musical. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie the musical is very real and honestly is having a massive resurgence right now, which is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. There is a musical about the Oregon Trail video game. The Oregon Trail video game. So not Oregon Trail. Just the video. The video game, game the Oregon Trail that you play in elementary school. I'm gonna have to go with no. There's no way. Do these have to be well accepted that that they exist, or just that someone wrote one once? It. They are. They are established. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't say they don't have to be any of, like, Carrie the Musical is not a smash hit, you know? They are not performing that in every city in the United States, but they do get performed, and people would potentially know about them. I think I'm going to side with Connor on this one. That's a bit out there. Ladies and gentlemen... Oregon Trail the musical does in fact exist. What? It was created by Star Kid Productions, um, which is a famous alumni, Darren Chris of the Star Kids Production Company. He started that. 
um, from Glee and all these other things, but <laughs> I actually dressed up as characters from the Oregon Trail musical in, really? for Halloween one year. Yeah. All right. Next question. There is a musical about the creation of the souls of shoes. The souls of shoes? Like making the souls of S-O-L-E. shoes. Like dre- like like sho- you think like dress shoes, tennis shoes, stuff like that. And these souls are animated? Like they they're personified? No, like it's it's about like the person that makes the, oh, the, the shoes. That makes the shoes. Yeah. Specifically the souls of shoes though. Well, if the last one was a musical, I feel like this one also has to be a musical. Any guesses? Sure. Sure. There, there's not. There is why not. is there not? There's really not. There's one about the Honestly, Oregon yeah. Game, my thought process of why it could be a musical is they could be like magic souls of shoes that make people dance or something. Yeah. So I could see how you would accept it. Well, I was it. just thinking of like cobblers in general. Like I feel like that's, you know, one of those oh, yeah. things that people would want to make. And there's for sure, I mean, probably a musical about shoes out there. Actually, there, yeah, there's like this very famous ballet called The Red Shoes, but it's very tragic and very sad, and she trades everything she has for the shoes, and then she gets them, and she has to dance until she dies because she can't take the shoes off, so, you know, (laughs) we love that. All right, the last one. There is a musical that is based off of the daytime television program jerry springer really like jerry true springer, or false as in, does it exist or is it fake um, as in jerry springer like are you the father yes are you the father jerry springer <laughs> i would watch that i'm going with yes i'm we've had two yeses and one no so i'm gonna go with no the jerry springer opera does exist <laughs> No. It does exist. I know people that went to see it. I almost went to see it myself, but oh my goodness. um it, yeah, I can't believe that it exists, but I'm I am glad that it exists because it is drama personified that we encounter every single day of our life when you're flipping through TV on a sick day at home. All right, well, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We might do more of these in the future on future talkback episodes. Um but there are some strange musicals that is for sure out there in the world this musical though that we're talking about honestly isn't super strange into the woods takes the stories of um all these fairy tale characters that everyone's familiar with and it just shoves them all together into one world where they all exist where they all um you know get to run around in the woods together and do things <laughs> do, do all types of things but if you don't know the show into the woods i want to give you the act like the synopsis of hey i am going to perform this show at my high school or at my theater um, that i'm working at Um, this is what you read on musical theater international's website it uh, so into the woods is the story of a baker and his wife who wish to have a child cinderella who wishes to attend the king's festival and jack who wishes his cow would give milk when the baker and his wife learn that they cannot have a child because of a witch's curse The two set off on a journey to break the curse. Everyone's wish is granted, but the consequences of their actions return to haunt them later with disastrous results. So, as we know that we have watched Into the Woods, 
it almost feels like when act one of the show ends, it's like, oh, great. Like, we've tied up the little package with the bow and everyone's happy. Um, but the beanstalk sprouts and we realize all of the things that these people have done throughout the show um, and story thus far have led to these future con- consequences that happen in act two of the show. Um, so that being said, we're just going to go take it on the like absolute base level. What were your opinions of into the woods? Who are your favorite characters? If you have one, did you have a favorite scene or song or moment or, um, anything you didn't like about it? This is a safe place to talk about, um, about this piece. And before we begin, I will preface that we did watch um, the film version, not a stage version. We did watch the movie version with Meryl Streep and Emily Blunt and James Corden and Chris Pine and Anna Kendrick and you name it. They're in this movie. Um, So go for it, guys. What are your thoughts? Um, So I... I had seen this before you asked us to watch it, um, but it was... Teacher's uh, pet here. <laughs> it was kind of nice, like, watching it with just the wanting to see through the lens of, of faith, but outside of that lens, um, I love it. Um, I, I know a lot of people that are in the musical theater world either, like, either love or hate when, you know, certain musicals are turned into film, and I just absolutely love what they've done with it. I love the show itself, assuming that it's... Um, you know, pretty consistent with the stage version. Um, I especially love just the way that they've intertwined all of these stories and that in doing so you can see how uh, the theme really throughout all of them is sort of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of highlight that. And so that's one of the things I liked. Um, one of the things you and I were talking about last night that I didn't love uh, was the realization of like kind of how disgusting the wolf is. <laughs> Very uh, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but especially like whenever I was look, trying to look at it through the, the lens of faith um, and started paying a lot more attention to the lyrics uh, and, and just what was being said um, throughout the film, it just really hit me how kind of gross he is. Yeah, yeah. Just in general with the, the whole show, if you don't know the work of Stephen Sondheim, um, this man is probably one of the greatest lyricists of all time. Um, greatest storytellers even though his work may not be the most well known in the public eye um, take a little study on him me personally like this is my hot take I am not the biggest fan of the stuff that he makes which I probably know that a lot of you are like closing the app and never listening to the rest of this episode right now because I just said that Um, but I like can't deny that he is probably one of the most brilliant people that has ever existed when it comes to writing lyrics writing um, musicals, what, anything he does, it's brilliant. Um, but yes, when you really listen into some of these lyrics, especially when I've been kind of prepping to talk about this with you guys, I've just been blown away once again by the depth of each individual line that he has written into the show and how fast and witty. And you know, it seems like a fun little show, like let's do the fairy tale play, you know. But it is so much more than that. Connor, you have any thoughts? So I've never seen the stage version. I've never even heard of Stephen Son- Stephen Sondheim. Yep, yeah, I've never heard of his name before. And I've never seen the movie either until uh, the night that we watched it together. But I thought it was great. I loved it. I loved the idea of tying in every single, like, 
a whole bunch of well-known fairy tales um, that Disney has done over, and they use a lot of original, like, I think that's kind of the original Rapunzel storyline at the beginning was mm-hmm. the two parents who uh, didn't have a kid but didn't realize they were cursed, and I just thought it was cool how they tied them all together, and then, but more so than that, they turned it into kind of a moral dilemma where I think like Cinderella not so much Red Riding Hood not so much like all of them individually weren't like huge moral dilemmas in and of themselves but then whenever they created this musical it was and I thought it was really cool just like how they tied everything in yeah it was fun I think another thing that I really love about the show is there's not really a main character every depending on who you identify with at different points in your life I think you'd say that like oh that was my like that was my favorite character or that was my favorite part of the show for me going back and listening to it again I feel like I've always been like okay the princes are my favorite that's probably because if I was casting into the woods that's what I would most likely play (laughs) but like also the baker would be a role that I like is a role that I really love and he makes it (laughs) one of the few that makes it to the end in the show but um you know, I, there was a lot of stuff that he, you know, was walking through in this specific time where I was watching it and just blown away by his storyline. Even the witch. I feel like probably because Meryl Streep plays the witch in this is I like felt a lot more sympathy for that character than I have in the past. I've usually been like, this is she's the freaking worst. <laughs> Get her out of here. I actually started to like her a lot more this time, I think, because of trying to do everything through the lens of faith, just, like, listening to some of her songs um, in speaking to uh, Rapunzel. Uh, I really just started to see, like, a lot of God in that. And I know we're, like, wanting to get there, but it's mm-hmm. just, like, she's one of those characters where, where I feel like it's easy to want to hate her the whole time. And same yeah. thing with the giants. Like, it's easy to think that, like, oh, the giants are coming down and just, like, wrecking everything. And it's, like, they're, like every single person in the story, like, has kind of their viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, I think even one of the songs kind of like touches on that is like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, which which vantage point are you yeah. doing this from? Yeah. No, it's your fault. No, it is. Yes, it is. It's my fault. We all are in trouble because we made bad decisions. <laughs> um, <laughs> that being said, let's talk about some of the faith aspects of um, this show. Not even above faith aspects, like the main themes of this show that I think we hit on are, first off, there is a lot of loss and a lot of grief that happens in the show um, that I would say in the film version, you get the weight of that a lot more than the stage version of the show. Um, Maybe it's just because of the visual aesthetics, the ability to just have someone completely like disappear in, a, in maybe like the cinematic world makes it hit harder um, but loss a lot of characters die um, or there's like really bad unfortunate things like eyes getting plucked out by briars and birds and people cutting off heels even though that's not grief but that's disgusting um, uh, there's also a lot of uncertainty in the show which is something that I think everyone can relate with of just like not knowing what to choose um what's good what's bad um what's right and what's wrong or you know should we go to the woods should i take this slipper from this person should i um you know actually even try to 
follow this dream or whatever. Um, next off is the idea of wishing and hoping for something better or something that is to come in the future. That, of course, is is the main line. It's the first line of the show. You know, I wish every character says it, at, I think, at some point in time during the show that there is something that they are wishing for, um, which along brings this, like, idea of hope. Um, the importance of community is also really highlighted um, and how all these people are trying to, like, circle around in their own spheres even though they live in the same place and um, not really touch each other and just do their own life. And then in Act 2, you see the people that survive are the people that cared about community and the other people around them more so. Um, there's also... Of course, the idea of listening being very important to is like a very important plot point in Into the Woods and how um, specifically listening as a child and understanding that, you know, children will listen. I think that's a really big play on like childlike faith. And that's a whole different direction that we could take this conversation. And we might even we'll probably mention it at some point in time during our discussion, but childlikeness using the lens of storytelling um specifically through classic um fairy tales is a great way to teach the childlikeness and um morality i think um lastly the thing that i really want to spend most of our time on is talking about morality when it comes down to it that's what i think that this show is all about trying to decide and decipher what is good, what is not good, um, and how I can make the right decisions, um, specifically to make these like wishes that I have in my life, or these hopes and dreams that I have for my life to come true. Um, now, before we head into this into this portion, I want to preface it and say, like. I am not trying to tear apart Into the Woods. <laughs> Into the Woods is one of my favorite shows. If I had my own theater company, I would be producing this show. I think it's fantastic, and the goodness of it far outweighs anything that we might critique or pick apart in the coming moments. Um, so don't get mad. We are going to talk about morality right now through the lens of this show, but also how does like what does god think about morality and what should we as believers be going around in our life thinking about so the main line that i want to bring forward is uh you know the final scene in the song no one is alone we have jack little red the baker and cinderella sing these words so it says no one is alone truly no one is alone sometimes people leave you halfway through the wood others may deceive you you decide what's good you decide alone, but no one is alone. There's also the witches can be right, giants may be good. You decide what's right, you decide what's good. That's what they kind of leave us on at the end of the show as the moral. You decide what's right, you decide what's good. And, you know, when we talk about no one is alone, I think about, you know, how, how as believers we are not never alone. Like God is with us always. He will never leave us and forsake us. It is true. People will leave us. People will step in and out of our life. Um, 
but so I'm gonna just put that on the shelf. We, I agree with no one is alone. You are not alone in your your walk and your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with other people. There's always someone um, that's gonna be there for you that sees you and loves you and, and values you. Um, but let's talk about this. You decide what's right. You decide what's good. Um, idea. Either of y'all have something to kick us off with yeah, in this discussion? Yeah, I think before, I mean, getting into like what the Bible says about that, I mean, just viewing history in general, I think that's been a common theme of like all throughout, I mean, society, especially in America, it's our freedoms or liberties are built on the idea of, well, what do you think is right? What do you think is good? And I'm going to allow you to do those things and I'm going to do what I think is right and I think is good. And so I think a lot of American ideals are built on that. Of course, mm-hmm. when you get into other countries where you have monarchs or it's there's one supreme leader or whatever, they decide for you. But in America, we're kind of built on those ideas of, hey, you do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do. And so I think that this just kind of personifies that ideal into a musical. And I think that's probably the most common theme or the most common take from the average American. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's everywhere. It's the you do you, live your truth. You get to choose your truth. Um, world that we live in right now, that I think is is very dangerous. Well, and that's kind of central to like the deconstruction movement in a way, right? Yeah, is like everyone absolutely. just deciding like I'm gonna decide for myself like what's right and good. Mm-hmm. But it's like we as Christians have the Bible to go to to define for us what is right and good, and like. Maybe if you use discernment there, like you discern what's good, mm-hmm. sure. But it's like we're not the ones actually deciding what's good. We have a measure that we're using to determine whether or not something's good, but it's been provided to us. There's not like I know a lot of yeah. you know people in religious circles want to argue, you know, sex before marriage, right? Like I'm sure people could pull verses out of the Bible to be like, oh, this is totally okay, right? And it's like people will use the Bible and, and try to use it as a lens through which to view their sin as something that's like healthy and okay and good but it's like at the end of the day like god is not changing Mm -hmm. like his views on Mm -hmm. things and like uh you know the he's given us the laws to help us understand what's good for us yeah um and it's like that's not that's not changing it's not changed since the the days that god created this planet yeah absolutely i think another thing like that i think of when you said deconstruction as kind of a parallel to what it's a great representation of what happens in the show we see in act one this beautiful fairy tale world where everyone's dreams come true happen and they get to live in the castle and the baker has their kid and jack has all the money and is living in the house and little red has a fur cape instead of a red cape now and life is great um and then we see this one moment where there literally is a thud from the sky that ruins everything um and it begins and i feel like when it if you parallel it to the deconstruction, that one moment that causes someone to start walking away from their faith, start pulling things apart, start trying to find their truth instead of going to the gospel, stripping things back, stripping back the tradition, stripping back what they have chosen or been told is right and good and the way that things have to be done, aka the way that fairy tales have been written of the, you have to get the cape as red as blood, the slipper is pure as gold, the blah, 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 blah kind of religious tradition that you walk through, you have this moment where you're like, okay, what if I didn't need all that? Like, he ends up putting 
corn hair in the dead cow and he milks the cow and that's what causes like the spell to be broken and everything to be happy you move into act two everything's falling apart and people are starting to try to define their own truth and their own goodness and things like continue to fall apart without any moral compass guiding us to some place of okay what actually is good bad as believers we believe that's the gospel if you are on a deconstruction journey of your own right now don't miss jesus what are you going to do with the person of jesus don't deny like we cannot deny him and what happened it's it's he's not a made-up person like we can go to history and we can look at that so if you are on that journey feel free to reach out with us reach out to us we can talk to you or um, give you some resources and my encouragement is don't miss the person of Jesus. And if you are going to go through this process of deconstruction, have an, have an end in mind. Um, don't just do it to say you're doing it and to justify um, your actions or the way that you're talking to people or the way that you're living your life. Have a real end in mind of, am I trying to reconstruct out of this? And what am I trying to reconstruct to? And am I doing that out of like a place of anger or am I doing that out of a place of I actually want to know the truth? Well, so one of the things I, I went to the the agony lyrics um, kind of whenever you uh, at one point I don't know probably two or three minutes ago, um, and the reason being is because I, I find there an irony in the song because uh, it says beyond power of speech when the one thing you want is the only thing out of your reach, mm-hmm. and I find it funny because in in each of these kind of storylines like everyone's heading into the woods, mm-hmm. which is a dark place, doesn't have a lot of light even when it's daylight out, right? It's like they they head in there he- trying to get to the thing that they want because they think that it'll satisfy them. Um, and they end up getting lost in the journey, right? Yeah. It's like they, they don't actually end up getting to, to what they want, and there's also this interdependence of each of them. On Like, in order for them to get all the things they need for Milky White, like, mm-hmm. they have an, a dependence on all the other storylines. Yeah. But it's like, if you don't... Even if you think you know what you want, you may get to the other side and, like, still not be content. I mean, that's literally the, the transitionary period from Act 1 to Act 2. Is like, totally. People get what they want, and then everything changes. Totally. And it, pulling it to biblical principles, it's like being content with, with where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to use the scripture of like, God will give you the desires of your heart, it's like, well, first he's going to like mold your heart into being able to ask for the things of heaven. Um, and then once you're aligned with God, then you have that power to like ask for his kingdom to come. Totally. Wow, massive divergence of where I thought we were going to go in conversation. We're talking about deconstruction and into the woods, everyone. Welcome. Um, Wow. Okay. Well, I'd still like for us to dig more into this into this morality train a little bit and get to the get to the the like nuts and bolts of how we can find truth. How can we discern what truth is? Um, What does God say about that? Do you have anything, Connor? Yeah, I think. Anytime the you see, I feel like it's all, I mean, I know for a fact it's in Job, it's in First Thessalonians, all throughout the Bible, but it'll say, like, stick and hold fast to what is good. And just that phrase alone lets you know that, okay, good is something that is outside of me. It is not mm-hmm. myself. I am not, like, in my own will determining what is right and what is good. And there is something out there that is defining it. And so that alone kind of, closes the door on that but also to add to that jesus himself says i'm the way the truth and the life Mm -hmm. no one comes to the father except through me so 
if you want to know what truth is, it's Jesus. And yeah. also more so than that, literally in the first words of uh, the gospel of John, it says, um, the word was with God, the word was God. And it's basically describing and saying that Jesus is the word. So if you want to, if you want to know what truth is, you look to Jesus. If you want to know what Jesus is, look at the scriptures. It literally says the Bible is Jesus. Mm-hmm. It says the word of God is Jesus Christ himself, uh, in, in word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes down to this kind of thing, like our reality as believers, as few are a follower of Jesus is based on like these two principles first that God is real that yeah that God is real and number two that he has spoken to us and revealed himself through his word aka the bible but also when we say the word the word and read that in scripture it's also referring to the person of Jesus the incarnate word that was made flesh and dwelt among us and knew no sin and sacrificed his life and raised from the dead so that we could spend eternity with him and pay for our sin. Um, pretty amazing stuff. Whoo. Preaching out here, y'all talking about the gospel, talking about Jesus, man. He's pretty cool. Um, all right, y'all. Any other comments, anything anyone wants to add? Um, I'll just, I, Related or unrelated to anything that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think you mentioned uh, the Second Timothy uh, 3, 16, uh, kind of before we started. And as you're speaking through just like hearing from God, uh, I actually found myself, uh, I texted a friend about a week ago uh, who was struggling to hear from God. Um, and I actually contextualized that verse. So I want to read both of them. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Uh, but if you put that in the context of John fourteen twenty six, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Um, and I, I feel like what God's really been stirring in me lately is so many people want to complicate hearing from God when the reality is, is like, it's as simple as reading his word. And it's like, we may not necessarily feel as though we're getting something when we're spending time in his word, but like the helper is going to bring to our remembrance the the word that God has spoken to us when we actually need it. Yeah. That's great, Josh. Thanks for sharing that. Anything from you, Connor? Yeah. I just, one thing I'd like to point out, whenever you said your truth and how that's kind of like what the last line of the whole movie was about, Mm -hmm. I think your truth, like those two words in and of itself is a juxtaposition because truth mm. is something mm. outside of yourself. Ooh. And so if you say that you have your truth, then that's not truth at all. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're trying to hit a target without a reference, then you're going to miss every single time. That's great. Glad we got that one in. Honestly, I am cackling right now <laughs> inside because Connor has just come back from literally going into the woods. <laughs> Connor has uh, been sitting on top of a mountain in the cold weather to spend time with God. (laughs) I don't want to reveal his, I don't want to reveal his secret space, but, (laughs) but I think it's so funny that uh, whatever. Okay. Well, (laughs) thanks for listening, everyone. Um, If you enjoyed this new style of episode, let us know if you have any recommendations of shows that you um, 
would like to talk about or, or or like us to talk about, reach out, tell us, follow us on Instagram. Like I said at the beginning, subscribe, leave us a comment, share with your friends, and we love you all. I hope that you were able to glean something today, and thank you, Josh. Thank you, Connor. We will see you next time on Narrow Way to Broadway. Have a fantastic week. We love you guys. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed, please subscribe and share with your friends. We release new episodes every week. If you want to keep up with what we've got going on, head over to Instagram and follow us at InwayBWay. We'll see you next time. Thank you.